Hello, hello from my kitchen. I know you all missed my voice so much. I needed to take a break because there were so many assignments I couldn't keep up, but there we are. We're back to podcasting. I don't know for how long. Um, also, I in the meantime, I listened to my episodes and you know what? I think I sound incredibly boring. I don't know how you can listen to that. Um, but I had some uh, people message me saying that they really like the podcast. So I guess it works, at least for some. So yeah, thanks for the messages. That's really kind. And yeah, it keeps me motivated. So today we have a very... We have our actually first Q&A kind of thing, um, which I don't know how it's going to look like because also, you know, how many people listen to this podcast? According to Anchor, around 15 people. Bless all the 15 of you. But um, it's really hard to get people ask you questions at the early stages. So you know what? Um, We have some questions. Uh, Most of them are not made up by me. Um, so yeah, um, we're going to talk about, uh, fieldwork today. So it's the Q and A about my fieldwork, the, f- the, the projects that I took part in, um, before the pandemic. And I'm going to talk about those and I'm going to answer some of your questions, which are really brilliant. Some of them I will answer based on my two projects that I, um, did before COVID happened. So without further ado, let's get to the fieldwork Q&A thing. Okay, okay, okay. So, um... First of all, I want to talk about I want to talk about what kind of projects I took part in, what were they like, roughly what they were about, and then I'm gonna move on to your questions. So I um, so the brief recap of my excavations is so I'm in my third year, and after my first year, I took my first training course um, in West Sussex in England. And then I went to Portugal um, two months after during summer last year. And after that, in terms of the projects that I was going to but never ended up taking part in, thanks to COVID, um, I wanted to, I was planning to go to Israel this year and then um, to uh, Italy for a month to do archaeological surveying, which I think I'll be. Uh, explaining a bit today Mm, and I never went there and it makes me want to cry because who is going to hire me in the field after I graduate without having actual um, experience in the field so thank you very much COVID-19 but anyway you know um, there's no tears left to cry this year so I guess I'm just gonna let it go let it go oh I had my um 
singing class today, so I apologize if my voice sounds a bit overworked, because it is, but you know, the schedule is tight, so suck it up. Um, so I did this, and the, the West Sussex project was really nice. It sounded boring as hell at first, but when I went there, it was it turned out to be just paradise, you know? Uh, that was my first time excavating, so it was really weird, and uh, was I the last group or the first group? No, I was in the first group, I think. And so that meant going in there and seeing the, the trench. So the way you open up a trench is you have massive, massive um, machines taking the topsoil. And then, uh, so that was already done when my group came to uh, excavate there. And what we were doing is we were, you know how you, um, if you Google pictures of like how excavations look like, they all are very, the trenches are very neat and they have neat and, and tidy profiles. Um, what is that? Is that my... Oh god. So this sound, I don't know, I probably you cannot hear it, but I'm in my kitchen right now because also everybody has Zoom events now, so there's really no place where I can record my stuff. Still, I have very, very crap windows and very loud fridge. Anyway, this is not professional. I don't care. Um, moving on to the excavations. So you know how um, you have, you know, when you look at the trenches, they really neat, really nice, um, very vertical profile kind of, you know, perfect edges, blah, blah. And the reason is, so the big machines come and they take the topsoil, they take the topsoil out and then students come, like me, with their little trowels and then they work on those edges to make them sharp, vertical, perfect. So that's why, that's why. At least, at least that was the case at my training course and, um, my other excavation in Portugal, the trench was from last year or so, I guess. But yeah, you know, you need to sort of make it vertical because if you make the profile vertical, you can actually see what's going on in the different layers. So you, that's another thing um, that you um, pay attention to the excavations is, well, not so much geology, but it's geology related. And also if you know geology, that's great. I have no idea. I have, um, <laughs> I'm not great at this, but stratigraphy, stratigraphy is really very important in archaeology, very important in field work. And it's that kind of concept. And when you look at the profile, you see different layers, you look at the inclusions, so what kind of things you have inside. You look at the color of the sediments and you know this is how you interpret kind of the phases of your of the occupation occupation of the site. It's really very important and also quite hard, at least that was for me, to start seeing those things because you can you have to have a good you know, you cannot be, you need to see color. And you know, there's also some, that kind of books that you have 
with so you know when you, you're excavating you need to then be able to describe what you're seeing and imagine if you have different colors of sediments and you have context sheets on which you write the information about your um uh, your stratigraphy profile and you write that oh this thing this the, the color of the soil is this but then you know someone else after 10 years reads your report and they're like what kind of color is that? So they actually have those, um, you actually have that kind of guidelines books in which you have you have pictures of one color and then you, each color is given its own label and it's a standardized way to describe your sediments. And this also applies to things like there are guidelines about the inclusions, there are guidelines about the, so for example, if you find whatever rocks stones then you have guidelines about the oh what is the roundness of the stone and that kind of stuff it's really actually detailed things and um there are guidelines for that so it's really fun because imagine if you know you're writing a report and you're using that poetic kind of language and then somebody reads that in 10 years and they're like what the hell you know so you need to be really nice to future archaeologists who will read your work that's why it's very important to be meticulous so i was as i said i was in the first group in my uh, training excavation so we went there the machines already took the topsoil and then we worked on those edges we worked on those profiles vertical blah blah and um, then we started digging and then you know so you learn how to spot features features is when you like look at the trench and you see whether there may be something it's like kind of like a shadowy thing you look at the surface and then you have those kind of weird shadows like the soil is a bit darker or something it depends on the site it depends on the site depends on the geology but you kind of learn how to see where to dig within the trench. So you learn how to look for features and then if you find one, you open it, you give it a number. So everything has to be everything has to be very well organized so it can go to a report and you know you name the sections. So it's a um it's a feature that has one code, but then it has sections because you, you do not always open the entire thing. You choose, oh, how about we excavate this bit? How about we open this feature and we dig here and we see what happens, what's inside. And then we decide which kind of part we want to do next blah 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 it has it's very much about logistics and very much about you know what you're looking for as well at my training course it, the site was this medieval deer park and we were looking for a lodge um, a house where presumably people would meet up and then go hunting for deers i don't know so I went to this one, this excavation, then I also went to Portugal and in Portugal things were a bit different, it's much much warmer, 
in Portugal, but the principles of like how you excavate are more or less the same. You you know you have a trench. Sometimes you have more than one trench. Why not? And uh, yeah, you work. Um, you have to sort of also know the geology as well, like roughly like. Well, I didn't have to. I didn't have to actually know anything, but you know, it's really hard to. It's really easy to spot that the geology is different because you have different bedrock. The bedrock in um, in West Sussex is pretty much chalk, and then in Portugal you don't see the white bedrock anymore. You have in Portugal the bedrock is schist. It's completely different. Blah blah blah. I don't. I don't want to bore you, but yeah. So the second excavation I went to was Portugal and the south of Portugal. So I'm going to go through the questions right now. And in my answers, I'm going to be referring to my my two projects that I did. So um, there we go. Okay, let's just start with the first question, which was actually asked by a real person. I did not come up with this question myself. Um, Most of them are actually asked by other people who listen to this podcast, which is great. Um, Okay, so here we go. Um, Question time. So this one goes, um, how many hours do you dig? And this is a great question. Um, So it depends on the weather, I guess, because in... Well, apart from actual digging, you also have a lot of different stuff to do. So one part is, you know, digging in a trench and actually getting those artifacts from the ground. But then they go to like find stray and then, you know, you take them with you after you finish your day excavating and you need to do something with them. And this is important because, you know, you take the stuff off the out of the ground and then you do something with it so what do you do so how many hours do you dig um it's usually half a day um in portugal it was really it really depends in places like portugal when it's really really warm then you aim to dig from you know 6 a.m 7 a.m till um noon because After that, it becomes unbearably hot and you may get a stroke if you decide to stay and dig in 40 degrees. We do try and shade our trench from the sun, but still it's really very hot. So in Portugal, we excavated from like 7 a.m. Start, you know, leave before 7, be on site 7 a.m., start digging and work till 12 with small breaks and that's it in in England it was a bit different I think we were on site a bit later than 7 a.m and then we also stayed probably like till 4 p.m I don't remember but it's usually half a day and then you come back and you have other stuff to do because you need to do all those finds processing when you take all of that things and for example you know, you have so many pots, you find so many pottery shreds, so, you know, you wash them, um, same with bones, you, you know, work with the stuff that you just dug out, and you, you label them, you, you know, you do all the paperwork, 
well, some of the paperwork is done on site and, you know, some of it is done outside. You have also other things um, like fines, other types of fines processing. Some people don't really, don't really realize, but a lot of it is about the objects that you dig out. But a lot of it is about other ways of getting the data about the land you're excavating so it is also soil samples that you want to look at and you know you have different ways of getting information from soil samples and also a lot of it is about surveying and providing maps of your trenches showing different kind of data what is underneath what is the nature of of the, the landscape and also the landscape in the context. You focus on the very, really small part. The trench is usually quite small, but then you also want to think about the surroundings and how this site complements the landscape. So I hope this answers your question. So the next question is, what is the most difficult thing to do? And for me, I would say there's two ways I can answer that question. And the most difficult thing for me to do was, first of all, to understand, this is me as a first year archaeology student, the difficult thing at the beginning that you get used to is realizing that excavating is a physical work with heavy equipment a lot of times. I remember one time my dig director was showing me and my friend how to um, mattock through a how to mattock through a section so that we can get to the stuff that we wanted to get to and he just looked at me and he said I cannot believe how painful this will be for you Julia so I was like thanks thanks mate um it is painful, it can be painful, and so one of the th hard things is to sort of develop uh, perseverance at the beginning. Um, the other difficult thing is, I guess, uh, what I said at the beginning about stratigraphy is kind of seeing those different colors of sediments. Like, usually you just, you know, you would look at it, nor like, if you're not an archaeologist, and you look at it and you're like, this is just the same, you know, it's all the same. But then, no, it's not. It has, you know, this. there's a thin layer of that kind of color, then it changes, then it's more, there's more inclusions, then there's no inclusions at all, and you have to see it all. And it's really, um, at the beginning, you're just like, this all looks the same. But no, it actually doesn't. And you train your eye. So this is quite difficult. Another question, was fieldwork different than you expected it to be? I had no idea what to expect, you know, I guess so. It was certainly more fun. Because my first ex excavation was, at, uh, was in England, and I study Egyptian archaeology, so imagine if you're sent to England to dig but all you want to do is be on a desert. <laughs> I thought that it will be actually quite boring, but it was so exciting. And the, the, my favorite thing is when I started digging, I was assigned a feature. I was assigned my feature. I think my feature was 
501D. 501 section D or something like that, or 503 section D, and you work with it. And the thing is, when you're assigned a feature, you, you it's not like you work on it and within a day and it's done. It's a, I spent two weeks excavating in England and I had maybe like three features. And so you spent quite a lot of time on each one of them. And so another thing that is worth mentioning about the excavations is that things take time and you know the entire project uh, ran for eight weeks and still you know you just don't get to do all all the things that you wanted to and what is funny is that I heard a lot of stories with digs running for like eight weeks ten weeks and then it's always for some reason it's always on the last day that you find something like I don't know gold whatever you find something that just gives you hope for the next season. It's always on the last day of, of digging. I heard similar stories so many times. So yeah, I guess it was just more fun than I thought it would be. Okay, next question is, how do you know where to dig? And this is a great question. What I would say is how you become interested, as, as an archaeologist, you become interested in an area first. So a lot of it is about, well, you need to be interested in an area. Well, this is obvious to kind of get to, you know, you read about it, you acquire information, and then some research questions come to your mind and you're, you know, you say, oh, what if I'll try to find the thing that is on this map, but it's clearly not there anymore. Oh, oh my god. Sorry, I just got a... I just got a message uh, that Biden, Joe Biden, officially won. Which is great. It's great because it's not Trump anymore, but... Oh, we still have work to do. Anyway, this is... This is not what this episode is about. What am I even doing? Okay, I need to... Let me just close Facebook. Okay, so back to the question of how do you know where to dig? So the answer is a lot of this is about, well, obviously you being interested in an area and acquiring information, as much information, as many documents as you can find about this. So it depends what are your research questions, depends of depends on what you want to find but you do have a vague idea of you know where to look for things that you want to find um, from your literature review in terms of choosing a place for your trench and where to open a trench um, a lot of this is about landscape walking when you're an archaeologist you learn how to look at the landscape and you learn how to interpret things that you think were man-made and things that you think were are just there by nature or you know there's I'm not I don't remember whether I talked about this in my first episode about what is archaeology but basically you have those different types of formation processes and so you need to learn how to differentiate be between things that are there because of the weather and the conditions that occurred over time and altered how the 
landscape looks like so part of this is weather but but the other thing that we're really looking for is when humans altered the landscape so a lot of this comes from a lot of information about where to open a trench comes from landscape walking and seeing how things look like for example in portugal when you go to the site where i worked on you can see first of all uh, it was a a site known to locals as well so some times you just hear about when you're interested in an area you just hear about people talking about oh there's this place and we heard it's just kind of like those legends you know myths it's a word of mouth and people heard that there may have been something there before and then you know you go there and you can actually see even just by looking at the landscape and how and what's the shape of it that there are ditches there that there are signs of robberies people in the past well not so distant past had an idea that there was something in the distant past and they tried to like look for you know treasure hunting gold blah 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 that kind of stuff and so yes a lot of this comes just from landscape walking and seeing the differences between what can what what the nature how the how the nature altered the landscape and what is possibly altered by humans and then you also have this additional information so if you have a map and you know you look you you have a medieval map and on this map there is a lodge but you know you look at the landscape and you look at the place where the lodge was supposed to be but it's not there anymore then that means you know that it's somewhere below the ground at this point there's also different really technical stuff there's ways to measure the ground measure what's below the ground measure kind of different i'm not very good at geophysics but geophysics is one of the ways in which you can see whether there are things below the ground and whether it's worth excavating in there there's obviously metal detectors and stuff like that as well um there's also things like lidar and also you may be familiar with lidar because i don't know why but apple um there's like iphone 13 13 i think it is 14 12 no 13 iphone 13 the newest iphone that just came out apparently has a lighter option and lighter is basically that kind of surveying method so if you have a it's usually used to see what is the nature of the land um on which forest grows so because there's forest you cannot really see how the land is shaped so you use lighter to take pictures and oh yes and aerial pictures pictures from from the perspective of a flying bird there there are very important as well to spot anything that may be worth excavating so that kind of stuff I think I've been talking a lot and I aim for these episodes to be around 25 minutes so how about I just cut it here so let's do it this is the end of part one and there are more interesting questions coming up in part two and one of them is 
Why did I actually name this episode Licking Heritage? Why? Well, you'll see in the second part, okay. <laughs>